Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6. Jeremiah uh, had grown discouraged, angry, frustrated with his ministry. Uh, probably some fear had entered the picture as well. He had been thrown into a pit at one point uh, and left to die. Uh, but God was faithful to him and, and delivered him. But uh, Jeremiah, at one point, he's, he's, he's ready to quit. He's, he's, he says, look, I, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. And he says, he says, but there's a fire in my bones. I can't, I can't help it. I've got to speak the truth that God has called me to speak. Um, all of us, I think, have had those times of discouragement or challenge. You may not be in the ministry, but uh, we, we can be discouraged about a bunch of different things in life. Uh, we can be fearful about a lot of different things in life as well. And uh, this is actually a strategy of the enemy. Uh, I once heard it compared to the, the uh, strategy of a boxer. As he hits with body shots and slowly uh, the, the other opponent uh, begins to weaken and, and he, he begins to lose his strength and he prepares for the knockout. That's what the enemy does with us. He wants us to be weakened so that he can take us out. Uh, and you can go through this chapter we're going to read through and you can see um, I found seven different things. You might even be able to find more than that. Uh, that the devil uses to try to discourage and make God's people afraid. Now, I'm not going to go through those seven things tonight, uh, but I want to talk with you about how to overcome these things. And so, uh, Nehemiah is almost finished with the wall. Uh, the wall uh, is up, but the gates are not yet put into place. Uh, they're still working on that part of it. His enemies are beginning to panic. They realize the, jo the job's almost done. They've got to do something to oppose what's happening and to try to, to uh, distract Nehemiah. Or, or, and it, that most believe he's, they're planning to murder him at one point uh, in this passage. And so uh, they're going to try to do whatever they can to stop the work that's taking place. And our enemy wants to stop the work that's taking place at South Clinton Baptist Church. He, he does. Uh, but praise God, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So uh, we need to trust God and keep taking the next step of obedience in following after the Lord in those times where discouragement and fear enters in. And so uh, we do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the title of my message is Overcoming discouragement, and I added this, and fear, because fear is also emphasized in this scripture, overcoming discouragement and fear. So look with me at verse 1 of Nehemiah 6. It says, when Samballot, uh, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall, and that no gap was left in it, though at the time I had not installed the doors in the city gates, Samballot and Geshem sent to me a message Come, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. They were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing important work and cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same proposal and I gave them the same reply. 
Sam Ballot sent me this message a fifth time by his aide who had an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem agrees, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. This is the reason you are rebuilding the wall. According to these reports, you are to become their king and have even set up the prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim on your behalf there is a king in Judah. These rumors will be heard by the king. So come, let's confer together. Then I replied to him, there's nothing to these rumors you are spreading. You are inventing them in your own mind. For they were trying to intimidate us, saying they will drop their hands from the work and it will never be finished. But now, my God, strengthen my hands. I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Metabel, uh, who, who was restricted in his house. He said, let's meet at the house of God inside the temple. Let's shut the temple doors because they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you tonight. But I said, should a man like me run away? How can someone like me enter the temple and live? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him because of the prophecy he spoke against me. Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He was hired so that I would be intimidated, do as he suggested, sin, and get a bad reputation in order that they could discredit me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambalat for what they have done, and also the prophetess Noadiah, uh, the other prophets who wanted to intimidate me. The wall was completed in 52 days on the 25th day of the month of Elul. Uh, when all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence, for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. During those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, since he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, son of Arah, and the son of Jehohanan, uh, had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. Uh, these nobles kept mentioning Tobiah's good deeds to me, and they reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. So overcoming discouragement and fear. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you need to keep your perspective. You need to keep your perspective. Um, God apparently is revealing to Nehemiah and giving him the discernment to notice these different things that they're trying and to understand what's really going on. Um, and you look in verse 2, it says that they were planning to harm me. Now, that, is, that, that can make a person nervous when, you're being, uh, when people are planning to harm you. Uh, I, I could remember a uh, season of time in my life where I had uh, some, some folks that were lying about me. That's always a fun thing. Uh, about that time, I heard that one of them had pulled a gun in his former church and had been asked to leave the church because of it. <laughs> and so, uh, naturally, you know, it kind of makes you nervous when you, the, the guy that hates you, you has a reputation for pulling guns in places he shouldn't. Uh, and so, uh, I, I was on high alert, and I remember one day I was walking down the hall uh, in the church, and somebody jumped out of the side room. It was my youth director playing a prank. And I reached back my fist just like this, and I was going to lay him out right there. And then I rec recognized who it was, and, of course, he was highly entertained. But, but you do. I mean, when you, when you have somebody who hates you that has a reputation like that, it, 
it makes you think. It makes you be extra alert uh, to what's going on around you. And, uh, and so, but you've got to keep your perspective. And I love what Psalm 2 says. It says, uh, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? And uh, they, they, uh, they plan and they plot against the Most High. And it says, but he who is seated in heaven laughs. Right? Uh, I remember David when he was, he was about this tall, I, I don't even know, he's probably about knee high, okay? Uh, but uh, I remember I kind of was getting on to him about something, I don't remember what it was, and he looked up at me and with his little soprano voice, he said, do you want a piece of me? And uh, I, just, I just broke out laughing <laughs> because the thought that this little guy would uh, be ready to take me on. You know, it just really, uh, it really was, was abusing. Well, that, that's what we're like when we try to oppose God. God just, God's like, really, are you serious? <laughs> you think, uh, you know, uh, is that the best you got? You know, and uh, uh, so the, the one who seats, sits in heaven laughs. And that's our perspective. Our great God is in charge. And we are in his hands. And nothing can come to us but what he allows. And so that brings perspective to all of life. And uh, sometimes in, in the past when I have been anxious or when I have been distressed about circumstances and I've gone to God and I have begun to worship God and my eyes get off of what's around me and get on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's amazing how everything comes into focus and perspective returns and what seemed to be mountain, mountains become molehills and, and it's just completely different. Uh, this is uh, the perspective that we have as God's people. And so Nehemiah recognizes that they're planning to harm him, but he, he's not going to stop the work. He's going to keep on doing what God has called him to do. I remember years ago, um, my, uh, my pastor where I, where I grew up was opposing, he opposed homosexuality uh, in our city, and there were some things going on that he took a stand on. He was getting death threats. Uh, they actually uh, put some uh, policemen in the in the uh, sanctuary at one point because uh, things had gotten pretty intense. Uh, but he kept right on preaching the word of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There may come a day where our lives are in danger because we're doing the work of the Lord. But we must put one foot in front of the other and do what God has called us to do regardless. Uh, because our God is ultimately sovereign in his kingdom is what matters in this world. So um, those who would try to get us afraid, those who would try to discourage us from the work, don't let them do it. Uh, keep your perspective and keep taking one step at a time, one day at a time in doing the work of God, and it will help you in overcoming discouragement and fear. So how do you overcome discouragement and fear? Well, first of all, keep your perspective. Secondly, keep your focus. Verse 3, so I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing an important work and cannot come down. So Nehemiah stayed focused on the work. What does the enemy want us to do when he uh, brings opposition against us? He wants us to be focused on the opposition, right? He wants us to be discouraged. He wants us to be fearful. Uh, he doesn't want us to be focused on the work. But Nehemiah says, I, I'm not going to come down to give you time. 
I'm going to remain focused on the work. And uh, I know uh, uh, there have been times that uh, I have had folks who, you know those folks who have the gift of discouragement, uh, and, and you just learn, you, you just avoid spending significant time with certain people. There are certain people who will just drain you spiritually because they're full of negativity and they're full of, uh, probably comes from the evil one, you know, but, uh, but they, they, they're just, they, they just drain out. And Nehemiah says, I'm not coming. I'm not going to spend the time with you and let you try to drain out all my enthusiasm for the work. And I'm not going to be distracted from what God has called me to do. And so he keeps right on with the work. He says, I'm doing an important work here. This, this thing that I'm doing is important. Uh, sometimes it's hard raising kids, isn't it? Uh, and uh, I can remember some days when, um, when one of my kids was going through that stage uh, in the early years and just thinking, good night. I am worn out. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just whipped. And, uh, 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 but the important task, I remember what my daddy said to me. I'm, the reason I'm busting your tail is because I don't want you to grow up to be a criminal. Okay, this is an important work. And so I'm going to stay with it. Uh, and I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to discipline you because I don't want you to go down this wrong path because I love you. Right? And so um, the same thing is true in the work of God. Sometimes things may be difficult. Sometimes the opposition may be hard. It may be, there may be a temptation to be discouraged, uh, temptation to quit, or, or even to be fearful. Uh, but we need to keep our focus on what God has called us to do and keep doing it. Keep doing it. Put one foot in front of the other and persist. In doing what God has called you to do. Uh, I got out and uh, ran yesterday afternoon. I want to tell you something. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like it. I'd eaten a big meal. You know, that's not a good idea before you run. I'd eaten a big meal. You know, I kind of felt bloated. I thought, you know, I'd rather take a nap. And then it was cold outside. And then, you know, when, when it gets cold, the ground gets harder. And I started running, and I thought, man, my joints are not, are not uh, agreeing with me today. Uh, I felt bad. And it was windy. And then I started having asthma. Kept putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> yeah. And hey, guess what? It wasn't very pleasant. But after I got through, I was glad I did it. Now, uh, thank God it's not always that bad, but uh, sometimes you've just got to keep your focus on what God has given you to do, and you've got to keep doing it one day at a time. Uh, oftentimes, especially in the work of God, we don't see what God's doing. Um, God is working in the lives of people, and we never know it. We never know it, and, and uh, you know, sometimes I'd have... I'll have somebody come to me, and, and maybe I've not heard anything from them, except maybe just to, you know, sometimes people tell you general things. They'll say, well, thank you, Pastor, for what you do. But, but you really don't know. 
But uh, you'll hear, well, God, you know, how much, how much I've grown and how, you know. And you never knew that. Wow. What God was doing when I didn't know about it. Uh, and a lot of times we just don't know. We don't know what God's doing. We don't know what God's doing with the seed we planted 10 years ago. We just don't. But God is at work, and it is amazing what he can do, uh, and it is his work. We're just clay vessels, right? Uh, we're, we're clay vessels. Clay vessels, they, they're not uh, uh, all that uh, uh, effective. They're not as effective as some things, you know. And, uh, but God is the treasure within us, and he is the one who does the work. And as we continue to do what he calls us to do, his work will be done. Um, Jesus talked about the sower sowing seed in a field, and it grew, and it says, and he knew not how. <laughs> so Sometimes you, you're not sure how things are happening, what God is doing. But God is at work. Jesus said, uh, uh, I am at work, and my Father is working. And, and that's always the case. God is always at work. He always has a purpose. He always has a plan. And our job is just to do what he's called us to do, to fulfill the role he's given us to fulfill and to do it faithfully. If we do it faithfully, God takes care of the rest. And, and by the way, that is a step of faith. It's a step of faith to persist in doing what God has called you to do. Remember the story of the widow and the unjust judge? A little widow woman comes and knocks on his door. Give me justice against my adversary. And, you know, he's wicked. He doesn't care about her. He's, you know. And, uh, but she comes again the next day and the next day. Finally, he, he's like, man, this, this lady is, she is, is terrorizing me. I I'm going to do something just to get rid of her. And, uh, and so he gives her justice, and, and Jesus says, How much more will the Father answer his people who cry out to him day and night? Will he not uh, avenge them speedily? Uh, he said, But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, will we have the faith like that widow to keep knocking? Keep knocking. Somebody once said that, uh, and this is true, uh, the ass seek and knock. Uh, is in the present tense. It could be translated, keep on asking and you'll receive. Uh, keep on knocking and the door will be open unto you. Keep on seeking and you will find. This persistence of doing what God has called you to do in your personal spiritual life, in your service, God will work and God will move. So keep your focus in doing the work of God. Nehemiah would not be deterred. He says, I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to be turned to the right or to the left. I'm going to do the work God has given me to do. So, overcoming discouragement and fear, how do you do it? Well, you need to keep your perspective. Secondly, to keep your focus. Thirdly, to look to Jesus. To look to Jesus. Now, if you look in verse 7, uh, well, actually, you, you could go up to, all the way up to verse 5 where Sam Ballard's basically, he's telling Nehemiah about a rumor. He says, I'm sending an open letter to you, Nehemiah. There's no seal on it, so anybody, anybody and everybody's read it. Um, it's been heard that you and the people of Jerusalem are going to rebel against the king, and you're going to be the king of Jerusalem. 
And uh, I think we better talk about this. And Nehemiah says, hey, no, you, you're, <laughs> that's not true. There's nothing to it. You come up with that out of your own imagination. And, uh, uh, but but Sambalat says in verse 7, so come, let's confer together. Let's take counsel, literally is what it says. Let's take counsel together. There are always those of the enemy's camp who want to give you counsel that is ungodly counsel. The Bible says that wise men listen to counsel, but fools pass on and are punished. And that's true. Uh, in general sense, that's, tr- that's true. Uh, wise people will listen to counsel. But sometimes, if the counsel is wicked, you better not listen to it. Uh, uh, sometimes, you've got to recognize that the counsel is coming from somebody who's trying to keep you from doing the work that God has called you to do. Uh, so rather than looking to Sam Ballot for counsel, Nehemiah needed to look to the Lord. He needed to keep his eyes on Jesus. He needed to look to Jesus. Um, Hebrews 12 tells us uh, that we're to run our, our race for God, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, we need to look to Jesus. Don't look to um, to others, especially to the enemies of God for counsel, uh, more than you listen to God. Uh, one thing I've noticed in Scripture is when the prophets knew that something was of God, they weren't going to, to ask for counsel. Um, now, sometimes you might get general direction and you might get counsel on how to go about the specifics of obedience. But, but generally, if they knew it was from God, they're not, they're not going to take it to a committee, right? Uh, if God's told them to do it, they're going to do it. And so, uh, we need to look to Jesus first. I, I've told you all before about the, the time when I was looking for counsel from uh, 11 preacher friends, and they gave me 11 different answers. And finally, I went to another one, and he said, well, he says, God called you to be the pastor of that church. What's God said to you? And it's like the light bulb just came out of my head. <laughs> That's true. I just need to listen to God. Duh, Right? Um, and so um, that's exactly what I did, and God did provide the leadership that I needed there. And so look to Jesus. Um, when, when, when you're going through discouragement and fear and you're getting counsel from every side, and it, guess what? Everybody's always got an opinion, right? If you do something for God, somebody's going to criticize you. I mean, period. I'm, there'll be somebody find fault with the way you're doing it or how you're doing it or uh, they think that maybe, maybe well, that's wrong-headed. Why are you doing it that way? You know, it's like the lady, D.L. Moody, said, uh, well, how are you doing it? And she said, well, I'm not doing it. He said, well, I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you're not doing it. And so uh, a lot of times that's, people want to give you their two cents. But ultimately, if you're doing the work of God, look to Jesus. If he's pleased with you, who cares what the opinions of people are? So um, this is what Nehemiah is doing. He's looking to Jesus. He's not going to let... The counsel of the enemies of God turn him aside uh, from God's work. Um, and and, and what, a, what a comfort to know that we can receive counsel from one who has perfect wisdom. Did you know that God never fails in his counsel? I love what uh, Psalm 25 says. It says, the secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. Isn't that a great verse? 
Did you know God can give you his secret counsel? He knows all the ins and outs of everything. Um, we had, a, we had a, a guy that used to, used to train us when I was in the military. And, I mean, he was like a fountain of wisdom. He, had, he knew all these things about all these different technical manuals. And, uh, and he knew what was wrong in them and what was right in them. And uh, if I had a question, I went to him because he knew it. I mean, it, it, without fail. Listen, that's the way we can, we can go to God, except God knows everything about every single topic under the sun. <laughs> he, he knows what his plan is and what, the, what role he wants us to take in that plan. Sometimes there's good things you can do, but they're not the best things. He knows the best things to do. And so we can look to him and receive the best counsel we could possibly receive. Look to Jesus when you're filled with discouragement and fear. So overcoming discouragement and fear, how do you do it? Well, you need to keep your perspective, keep your focus, look to Jesus. Next, pray to God. I love that Nehemiah does this uh, throughout this, this time. Verse 9, is, he says, uh, But now, my God, strengthen my hands. If you look in verse 14, Yet another plot has been, has been taken. He says, My God, remember Tobiah and Sembalat for what they have done, and also the prophets Noadiah and the other prophets who wanted to intimidate me. So in other words, verse 14 tells us we're getting the Reader's Digest condensed version. There was a whole lot more stuff that they tried to do to Nehemiah that is not included. Uh, and so um, Nehemiah is saying, Look, God, remember them. Let vengeance be with you. Let, let them not... Stop the work that you have, uh, have chosen to do. Um, you say, well, preacher, I thought we were supposed to forgive our enemies. We, well, we are. There's, but there's a difference between a personal enemy and God's enemy. And yes, you still forgive. You forgive your enemies. But I believe there's a just, a just place for praying against those who are opposing the purposes of God. Okay, These are not people that are accidentally doing this. They're doing it on purpose. They know what Nehemiah is trying to do, and, they're, and they know that it's a work of God, that God has, has, uh, uh, has chosen Jerusalem. They know these things. Uh, Ammonites, Ammonites, Moabites, and uh, listen, they, they, they're familiar with the things of God uh, to some degree. And so... Uh, this is intentional opposition against the purpose of God. Um, there may be times, and I've not done this often, but there have been a few times uh, it, when there's been intense opposition to the things of God where I've prayed for the frustration of God's enemies. Because ultimately, what are God's enemies trying to do? They're trying to stop the work. Or if they, if they don't know what they're doing, I, I'll pray. I'll say, Lord, save their soul. If they don't know what they're doing, save their soul. Convict them, show them, uh, save their soul. But if they're, if, if they're just intentionally doing this, do what it takes to stop them. Why? Because the kingdom of God's at stake. There are lost souls who won't come to Christ if they have their way. There's the work of God that, that will be frustrated if they have their way. Okay? This is, this is a big deal. 
And so uh, this is apparently what Nehemiah is doing. He said, Lord, you know, this is your work. And so, um, but anyway, pray, but pray to God. This is so important. And prayer, you can pray to God about anything that comes across your path. If you're worried, you can pray about it. If you don't have enough information, Lord, give me wisdom. Help me understand this. Um, if you don't know how to handle the opposition, have you ever, have you ever wondered if the opposition was smarter than you? <laughs> uh, I have. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, Lord, uh, I think they're smarter than I am. Lord, would you, you're going to have to protect me here because I'm not sure I'm up, up to this. Um, and so you can, whatever it is, you can, you can take these things to God in prayer. And that's exactly what Nehemiah does, and God supplies exactly what is needed. So overcoming discouragement, how do you do it? Well, keep your perspective, keep your focus, look to Jesus, pray to God, and finally rest in his care. Verse 15 tells us the wall was completed in 52 days on the 25th day of the month of Elul. 52 days. I mean, they were hauling. <laughs> they were getting a job done. I mean, that is so fast. Um, verse 16 says, when all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. They knew that it was supernatural. And, you know, sometimes we forget that God is with us as God's people, don't we? When you become discouraged, you're forgetting who's with you, right? What purpose of God has ever failed? Um. We're afraid. What, what challenge can God not come against? I, sometimes we just forget that he's with us. We may know it intellectually, but we forget it emotionally. And, uh, and we struggle. And I put here rest in his care because they were in his care through this whole process. Right? Every bit of opposition, the plots against Nehemiah's life, um, all of this, they were, they were in the hands of, of the Lord. I love what Jesus said in the book of John. He said, uh, they are in my hands, and no one can pluck them out of my hands. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Um, the strong hands of the Almighty are wrapped around you if you're God's child. David says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> he says, I am loved. I am in his care. Uh, rest in his care. God cares about the work of the kingdom, but God also cares about you. And, you know, the fact that God held Nehemiah in his hands and worked out his purpose and, and protected him. And, and that God cares for us. We need to just rest in his care. We need to remember he is the good shepherd in those seasons of time where we feel threatened or when we're concerned. Uh, we're in the hands of an almighty God. Um, Paul says in one place, he says, we've been cast down, but we've not been destroyed. 
And he goes through this list of things that, that have happened that have come against him. He said, and it, but every time, hey, God is with me. What did God tell Paul? He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, I will rejoice in my weakness, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So if you've ever felt weak or inadequate in the work of God, if you've ever thought, how could I ever help? ever meet uh, the needs of the demand of the needs that are there uh, rest in the care of God know that he's with you know that he loves you and know that whatever purpose he has for you will be, be fulfilled but also know that in the meantime you're in his hands and just rest in his care um, if you're if you're broken he can pick you up just like they do with the, the shepherd does with the little lamb that's got a broke leg he just wraps it around his neck and he carries it uh, he can carry you he can carry you. And he is so faithful. Um, it's amazing how God at different times in my life has encouraged me. Um, sometimes through an individual. He'll send an individual into your life sometimes for a season. Because he knows you need the ministry that that individual will provide. But then there's also been times just in my personal time with God. I remember one time being concerned. And when somebody was upset with me in my first church I pastored. <laughs> And uh, I, uh, I said, Lord, I'm not sure where this is headed. Uh, you know, and I don't remember the spe- all the specifics of what I said. It's been so long ago. But, but I do remember what God did. My doubt and my uncertainty, I just sensed God's peace just wash over me. Like God's saying, hey, hey, buddy, I got this. <laughs> and uh, he, you just relax, you rest in my care, you, you remember that I'm with you, and, and don't sweat it. I got this. So that's, that's a great remedy for discouragement and fear. So uh, overcoming discouragement and fear, how do you do it? You keep your perspective, keep your focus, look to Jesus, pray to God, and rest in his care. And God will do the work that he's called you to do through you. To the glory of his great name. And, uh, and by the way, uh, Jesus' work was done at the cross so that we can know his salvation. And God completed that work. And if you want a great, a great example of the power of God to accomplish his work despite opposition and problems, look at Jesus. You don't get any, any more of a problem than, than the main leader being dead, right? But guess what? Jesus came out of the tomb. And mighty power. And uh, he's still raising up people to life today. He will put their trust in him. And he will renew our lives as his people as we look to him in faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that you um, would have your way in us. God, help us persist in doing the things that you've called us to do as your people whether it's providing words of encouragement to others, whether it's praying or interceding or serving or whatever the case may be, God, help us be consistent. Help us persist despite the discouragements of life and the fear that sometimes comes upon us. Help us cast our cares upon you and to find your peace and your assurance and your help in the midst of the struggle. And Lord, for those uh, who are here tonight that don't know Jesus Christ, I pray for salvation. 
and uh, help them make the decision of repentance and trust in Jesus Christ that needs to be made. Um, and, and God, uh, for, for those of us who are Christians, Lord.